anything that gets in your way is just something that's temporary. And as long as you don't take no for an answer, you don't take that as final. You just move on to the next thing and, and you can continue to build from there. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, today in the guest chair, we have Aniola Oshodi. Raised in Chicago by Nigerian immigrant parents, Aniola is a woman who wears many hats. She is a former nursing manager and instructor, turned nurse practitioner, and now a thriving CEO. She's the founder of one of the fastest growing medical apparel brands of 2020, Dope Scrubs. Aniola knew when envisioning Dope Scrubs that she wanted to create a brand that not only made healthcare workers feel more confident, but also gave them the opportunity to express themselves through their attire while working on the front lines. Despite having a fulfilling career as a nurse practitioner, she always knew she wanted to merge her two biggest passions, fashion and the medical field. In her personal life, style and design were an everyday priority, so when she couldn't find the scrubs that aligned with her fashion sense, she decided to create them herself. Her quality designs, inspired by her personal wardrobe and attention to detail, birthed what is now known as dope scrubs. And by providing the option to dress in unique or more chic traditional styles, offering plus sizes and making everything available online, Aniola scrubs are revolutionizing the appearance of medical professionals. Doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers can now trade in their everyday unflattering uniforms for the stylish and polished dope scrubs. In today's episode, you'll hear how Eniola managed a growing business while working on the front lines herself during the pandemic. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Eniola. Hi, Nikhil. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm very glad that you're joining me tonight to talk about all things Dope Scrubs. So what made you decide to pursue a career in nursing? So with nursing, my mom was actually a nurse or is a nurse. So that's where kind of the motivation to pursue a career in nursing came from. But it's actually a very long story. I started my nursing career in high school. So I started a vocational program in high school. So I was an LPN when I graduated, and I did have some doubts about it, and it was mainly related to things, you know, I was just worried, you know, maybe I wouldn't like blood, maybe I wouldn't like giving shots and things of that nature. But um, once I started working in the field, um, I realized that nursing was almost made for me, you know. Um, it's something that just kind of came naturally, and um, just being able to give back in that way was was great for me. So ever since then, ever since I was about 18, I've been a nurse. Now, I know that as a nurse, you must have been really busy, like working long hours. And so I am just so impressed that you were able to start thinking about a side business of creating scrubs. How did it even come about? So Dope Scrubs didn't start as a side hustle for me, per se. Um, it just started for me as a need. It was something that I was looking for after being in the medical field or in the healthcare field for over a decade. 
I just kind of felt like scrubs were just always unflattering and didn't look good. So I wanted to create something. And, you know, another thing for me was after working like kind of in bedside nursing where we're required to wear scrubs and then transitioning to being a nurse practitioner where I don't necessarily have to wear scrubs on a daily basis, but I realized how much more confident I would feel in my regular clothing compared to scrubs. So I was like, you know what? Something's got to give. So the idea for Dope Scrubs came about then because I felt like healthcare workers and just, you know, people that spend so much time at work, like I feel like we spend hours at work. We needed something that made us feel more confident, that made us feel more beautiful, and that just kind of brought a little bit more dignity to what we do. <laughs> so Dope Scrubs came about there. We all have heard the saying, you look good, you feel good. And if you walk around for 12 plus hours in something that's literally called scrubs. Exactly. You, <laughs> like, you get it. You get it. Like that was it. Literally. That was it. I live that in my everyday um, life. You look good, you feel how good. How are you supposed to feel? You know, I don't know the origin of the name, but it is a name that just connotates <laughs> like, uh. so what did you do next once you realized, okay, I need, I need to revamp this. So once I made the decision to revamp Scrubs, well, I began my search for for how to do it. I had to figure out how I was going to make these scrubs, what style I wanted them to be, how I wanted them to still be functional, because I mean, we still do have a lot of work to get done and we do still have a you know, need for pockets and, and certain things that might not always be flattering on regular scrubs, um, how I was going to make them functional, but still fashionable. I went on a journey of creation. So I basically gathered ideas from just my personal style, my personal wardrobe. I started making sketches. I sketched out different styles and different ideas that I had. And, you know, I revamped them a little bit. I tweaked them here and there because some, I was like, okay, this might be a little bit over the top. Maybe, maybe not. So <laughs> Maybe you don't need the cape, like, Do we, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do we really need a cape at work? No, maybe not. So let me take out the cape. So things of that nature. And then I got to the point where um, I wanted to find someone to create them for me. So I searched local, I searched international for people that could basically bring my, my vision to life. And um, and I tested out a couple of people, got a couple of samples and started wearing them myself. And that was the that was the first step. I started wearing them. I wanted to see how I felt in them. I wanted to see how people will like them, you know, if people were drawn to them. So I wore them around for close to like a year before I ever even did anything more. So take us back a little bit. Um, you mentioned that you sketched it out. Were you, are you good at sketching or was this like basic, like stick figure, square boxes kind of sketching? No, I'm no Picasso, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I got the job done, you okay. know, it wasn't like, you know, um, you know, I, I do, I have always considered myself fairly creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wasn't doing any kind of 3D major sketching, but you know, just very basic sketches, you know, things that I saw and what I visualized just to put them onto paper. So it wasn't anything over the top, very simple. And as you were reaching out for people, what did you look for to ensure that they could then take your sketch and make it into a product? So I actually looked more for fashion designers. Interesting. I looked for, yeah, yeah, because I mean, 
you know, generally when a person wants to get into something that's uniform related, you will look for people that do create uniforms. Um, but I was looking for people that were leaning more towards the fashion route, but could understand how I wanted to transform this work and work attire into something more more fashionable and something more elegant. So I initially went the route of looking for fashion designers to create my samples and to bring my samples to life. Like that is genius because <laughs> here you are, you want to break the mold. You want to think outside the box and you know, me thinking like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to go see who else design scrubs but no exactly. because you just get more of the you gotta think outside mm-hmm. the box i like that and then as far as like okay you've identified people who are fashion designers now does that apply to any material like how did you make sure that what they do can apply to medical grade scrubs so it's my research so i think that the fabric that we wear to work is important we want to make sure that we're still able to to perform our everyday duties. You know, it's a very tasking job and it requires a lot of movement. So as far as fabric and functionality, those were things that I, on my end, made sure and that I maintained. So I picked the fabric and I picked, you know, I I kind of designed the styles to make sure that we have pockets in certain areas where we need pockets. The, The pockets were not just superficial pockets and things of that nature. So I think with the fabric, what I did was I did my research on um, on scrub fabrics. I did my research on the different types of fabrics, on fabrics that were used for, you know, like your more surgical scrubs versus your everyday and regular workday scrubs. So, um, and I kind of, I, I looked at the different components of the fabric per se, um, because a lot of scrubs are just very, they're just very stiff. They're just uncomfortable to wear. They, they're not soft against the skin, actually. A lot of like the surgical scrubs that people wear in hospitals sometimes, they're, they're just not very comfortable to wear. So um, yeah, they don't there look, are other they don't scrub options, yeah, that have like different combinations of fabric that, um, that still meet like the standard for scrubs, but are more comfortable. And, you know, they might be a little bit pricier or whatever the case might be, but those were the kind of fabrics that I was, that I was sourcing and looking for to bring this to life because I did want to make sure that that component of, you know, the medical field and the um, medical safety was still included. So what happened during that year as you were wearing the scrubs? What kind of feedback were you getting and what were you doing with that feedback? I actually got very good feedback. When people would actually, I never told anyone that, hey, I designed scrubs or, hey, I designed these. What do you think? I would just wear them like every day, like, you know, like nothing happened. Hey, I'm here. I'm in my scrubs, hanging out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and just see what would happen, you know, see if somebody would say something like, hey, those are cute or hey, those are nice. And and that happened. Like, you know, people were like, where'd you get those scrubs from? Are those scrubs? And those were the questions that I kept getting. And and people were like, wow, those are awesome. Like, do you make these? Like, do you have a lot of these? Like, you know, people wanted to know more about it. And I was like, okay, we're headed in the right direction. We're headed in the right direction. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, um, and after getting good responses, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I should, I should venture into making more of these and see what people think and, and see if there are people that apart from me that are also looking for the same thing um, in their scrubs. And, and that's when I was like, okay, you know, 
I'll take the feedback that I've received so far. And the other thing actually was pockets, right? Mm-hmm. So the pockets on the scrubs, they're always in front. And I hate those things, okay, personally. I mean, whatever. But um, <laughs> I put all the pockets like kind of hidden, you know? Okay. <laughs> they were just like, I just didn't like them. And I like, I that was my one thing. I was like, I just don't want to see these pockets. You know, I know we need them, <laughs> but I just don't want to see them. So I always, I, I hid all the pockets on, on the scrubs that I designed. So people are like, but where do you put all your stuff? And I'm like, surprise you know there is a packet so um when people saw that they're like okay okay you sold me at that point so i think maintaining that functionality of scrubs was really important to people as well just based on the initial responses and that's when i pushed the go button So what happened? What is the go button? Okay, what happened? Like, did the the website go live? Did you start taking orders? Was it pre-orders? Like, tell us about it. So the go button was finally placing a a larger order for these scrubs. So actually, after I tried out a couple of different manufacturers or vendors, per se, to help me, you know, bring my vision to life, I found one that I felt was suitable and was able to properly execute what I wanted and had the right quality. So I was like, okay, it's time now. I'm going to place a larger order. I'm going to take this money that I have, my savings, and I'm going to place this order for these scrubs. And wait, were you placing an order before making any sales? Like you went from wearing it yourself to placing a big order? Yes, from wearing it myself to, you know, it wasn't a significantly large order per se, but it was bigger than anything I'd ever ordered before. So we're talking maybe a total of like 500 pieces. Okay. So that was just like bigger than anything I'd ever ordered. So at that point I was like, okay, I have these four styles that I know are like my favorite styles and that I received the best, you know, response to. So I'm going to take these four styles and I'm going to, so it was probably 400 pieces because I made just like a hundred of each or something like that. Something, you know, bigger than normal, but I mean, still reasonably sized, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was that investment like? Like, what does it cost to order 400 pieces of scrubs? So all depending on like the style and the fabric quality and things of that nature that you're using. Um, I think for me that that first investment was probably, I would say about 10 grand. What happened when you press go and did you put them all on sale? So I, I pressed go and... They sat in my house for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I relate. That is so real. <laughs> a box of stuff you ordered. Like, if that is not the side hustle, oh. like, first experience with e-commerce right there. Exactly. I got 400 <laughs> pairs of sets of scrubs, and they're sitting in my living room, you know? <laughs> you got to get these out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. So I pressed okay. the boom. I have these scrubs, and they're sitting there. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what's next at this point? So so the other thing was that I was still working, of course. So, you know, life is there. Life hasn't stopped. Being a nurse is very, it's a very busy job. So I was working all the time. My regular hours hadn't changed. And, you know, COVID was on its way, actually. Or we had started hearing about COVID. So it, it hadn't been considered a pandemic, I guess, at this time. But you know, things were things were picking up in the hospital for us. I just kind of had these scrubs in there and I had to decide what to do from there. Um, so I, 
I started watching videos. I just literally just went on YouTube and I was like, okay, let's see what people do when it comes to starting a business. And I just started watching videos and I was like, I have these items. What do I do next? I decided to take some pictures and then I was like, okay, I got to build a website. got to figure this part out. So I, I put together a website after many weeks and I actually was just going to kind of stop. You know, I just, I started getting overwhelmed because, you know, work was busy and just putting together a e-commerce website and, you know, figuring out how to put together pictures and things of that nature. It was, was a lot to do. So I, I, um, I was going really slow and my family kind of encouraged me. They were like, Hey, it's, it's now or never. You already have the stuff. What are you going to do with it? You can't just keep it sitting here. You know, you gotta, you gotta push, push the go button and get it going. So I think that I was striving for perfection because naturally I, I think I can sometimes try to be a perfectionist, which mm-hmm. is not real. Yeah. And striving for perfection, I kept kind of pushing it back. And, and one day I was just like, okay, I just got to go. It's not going to be perfect, but it's enough to get it going. Right. And, and shout and out to supportive family too. Man. Yes. Yes. Shout out <laughs> to supportive family without supportive family and friends and, and colleagues. I mean, you, you probably, you know, I don't know where I would be at this point. Right. So shout out to them for sure. Now, what changed? What changed between them sitting in your living room and you saying that was it? Like, what, when you say you worked on marketing, what happened? Did you ramp up Instagram posts? But even even if you did that, right? Like, you can post till you're blue in the face, but you have to exactly. find a way to bring people to that content. Exactly. So what did you do? So, um, first thing I did, I, I, took, I took pictures, right? So I... I set up my, I actually set up my like personal like camera and like a stand and I was like, okay, we got to get some pictures going first. So at that point I, you know, I wasn't thinking about maybe getting a photographer and all this other stuff and going more the professional route. So I started taking pictures to post to, you know, social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. And um, the first set of pictures, I was like, you know, why don't I make something more creative out of it or do something with it? So I just made like a slideshow and I kind of, you know, announced that it was coming and I wanted to see the response to it. And then, you know, it was like I mentioned, it was right, right around, you know, the beginning of the the current pandemic. And it was kind of when like, you know, this whole like dancing stuff and all this other social media stuff got popular. So I was like, OK, I got to somehow you know, get this out to people. So, you know, I did, you know, some video and scrubs and things of that nature. And those were the things that I used for advertising initially to kind of, you know, announce and prepare people for the actual website launch. Oh, okay. You were doing like reels and and those kind of videos on Yeah, I don't think they have reels yet, but I think it was just like, just like videos, like, you know, where you just kind of, I would just wear the different scrubs and just kind of post it on there and, and do a little dance or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I have all scrubs. <laughs> and post it to the page. And, and you know, Listen, what I, I love with it. it. You have to start <laughs> <And> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, and this was all in anticipation building up to the website launch. So people yes. were not able to uh, purchase yet. This was kind of the pre-launch then. Exactly, exactly. Okay. 
And then when did you launch officially? And what was day one like? Okay, so we, so after running, you know, a few ads and we launched in May of, we launched in May of 2020. So it was like mid or end, mid, mid May, May 15th was when we launched. And launch day was surprisingly pretty good. We got orders on launch day. Okay. I didn't expect that because I mean, I just knew it was new. Um, and you know, I kind of heard people's responses to it, to the videos and the few ads that we'd run. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. And I think on that first day, we got maybe 40 orders or something. And I was shocked. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I wasn't even ready for it. I was like, what? okay, all these orders, what's going on here? I was like, so this, this app thing worked. My dancing worked. <laughs> Got 10% of orders down. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. And, and from there, you know, it was dope scrubs to the world. Dope scrubs <laughs> to the world. Now I'm looking at Instagram now. You have over 26,000 followers and I'm seeing you working with influencers. I'm seeing lots of medical professionals, some with really big followings, wearing dope scrubs, promoting dope scrubs. How did you start to build those partnerships? So when we initially started the page and we were running a few ads, I, I would pay attention to just, you know, people's response to it and the people that were liking it. Um, and when people would like posts, I'd be like, okay, let me click on their page, see what they have going on. Let me click. Is this a medical professional or is this just someone that likes the picture, you know? And after paying attention to the people that were kind of liking the page and the response to the page, um, I then began to to look for, for influencers. I, I paid attention to, you know, what they posted. I paid attention to their following. I paid attention to what they represented. And I wanted to make sure that it aligned with the people that Dope Scrubs was trying to reach and, you know, just aligned with our vision. So I then began to reach out to people, just, you know, sending out emails, sending out tons of emails. And luckily for me, I'm telling you, I did not know what to expect. You know, you send out this email to this person that has like hundreds of thousands of followers and you're like, okay, <laughs> let's see what happens here. And you know, people were so supportive, you know, and it was, it was phenomenal. Like the amount of support that we received and people were just very welcoming and um, willing to work with us and willing to collaborate with us. Um, and awesome. that, that was, that was phenomenal. It was yeah. not the response that I expected per se, but I was so grateful. And what was the impact of those kind of partnerships? Did you see an uptick in sales when you would partner with an influencer? Yes, I, I believe that influencers, especially the right influencers, influencers that, you know, kind of embody your brand or whatever your product is, is important. And when you find the right people, they generally have either people that are similar to them or people that, that are in the field and, you know, people that can kind of relate to them following. So you're able to reach your target audience in that way. And I think it's not just about finding an influencer per se, it's about finding the right influencer. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being your own boss, 
but trying to figure out your financials on your own isn't one of those things. Luckily, there's FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like you. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices to organizing expenses to managing online payments, and automates and simplifies them, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. FreshBooks has your back at tax time, too. With a ton of reports to choose from, you'll know exactly where your business stands and you can easily hand the keys over to your accountant so they can take over when it's time to reconcile everything for the year. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash sidehustlepro and enter sidehustlepro in the how did you hear about us section and get more time back to build the business you love. If you own a small business, this could also be the year you switch to a better payroll. Gusto wasn't just built for small businesses, it was built for the people behind them. Their online payroll is so easy to use. Gusto can automatically calculate paychecks and file all your payroll taxes, which means you have more time to run your business. Plus, Gusto does way more than payroll. Gusto helps with time tracking, health insurance, 401ks, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts, you get the idea. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, they can transfer all of your data for you. It's no surprise that 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto. Here's the best part. Because you are a Side Hustle Pro listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com SHP. Again, that's gusto.com slash SHP. I'm telling you, you're going to love Gusto. Get started today. As all this was going on, <laughs> the pandemic started to rage. Yes. How did that impact your business and affect your workflow? I think on my end, I think with the impact the pandemic had on my end was more of like from a personal standpoint I would say it was that work began to to get busier and harder and became more taxing for me so I wasn't able to to really do as much with um with business at the time um or you know as the pandemic worsened Mm -hmm. I think that that I think that took a toll on me personally because I became pretty burned out. You know, I started this business and and things were working out, but then it was like work and nursing and, you know, working is my passion in the medical field. So I've always been the one that's, you know, gonna go to work to pick up extra hours to help out if needed. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was a greater demand for us at the time. So it became a lot for, for me personally to run the business, but, for the actual business, I think that the pandemic did not affect my business. I didn't notice any changes when the pandemic kind of worsened. Do you think that's because like people were in need of scrubs? Like you, there was actually demand for it or was it also a matter of you launched around a time when a greater awareness in, um, I won't say awareness, but a, a real drive for support of black owned business was also picking up. Did you see any change with those things happening as well? Yes. So I do think that those were a couple of factors that played into the way business worked out for me. I think that 
there was potentially the increased need for scrubs. I mean, people have scrubs already, yeah, but then there was also, hey, this is a black woman-owned business, and, you know, we want to support this, and we like the look of it, so we're going to buy this as well. So I think that those two things did kind of work out in my favor, and I noticed the increase of support during that time period and the increase of, like, you know, kind of shares and people just spreading the word about dope scrubs because, you know, it was, it was fairly new and, and people are like, whoa, I haven't seen this before. And this is, you know, in line with, you know, something that we're looking to support anyway. So, so let's right. get it going. And how are you managing the next wave of inventory? So you started out with 400, <laughs> the demand <laughs> picks up. How are you staggering <laughs> the, the inventory? Inventory and just this entire thing is something I've had to learn. It's been a learning process for me. And we are constantly, thank God, you know, this is a blessing that we're constantly sold out. You know, the scrubs are, they move very quickly, you know, since they started moving very quickly, like since, you know, launching. And we've had to order, you know, a couple of restocks even in this short period of time. So we've had to basically see what the demand is, see what people want and order increased amounts based on that and change how, you know, change our ordering style and monitor kind of like the trends of ordering to, you know, to determine what to do. But I mean, going, we went from 400 to ordering thousands, you know, now. So, so it's changed. Definitely. That, that, that is awesome <laughs> though. Definitely yeah. problems, but I know, I know it's not easy. And you mentioned we, so I'm, I'm assuming there's a small team or maybe a large one behind <laughs> it now. How did you go about building a team and what was that process like? So for, for building a team, I think what happened for me personally was I realized that things got busy and it's just not possible for me to do it on my own. And I think for anything that you want to scale or anything that you want to grow to a certain level, it's necessary to have the right team. And I think because Dope Scrubs grew so quickly and the demand increased very quickly, a lot of decisions had to be made quickly. Um, so I had to basically just think on my feet and I found my friends, you know, initially it was just like, you know, I needed my friends to help me out. But then, you know, um, eventually my sister came and joined the team. And then, you know, I hired a couple of people as well to join the team. And I hired people to help me with marketing and things of that nature. So I think that quick growth required quick decisions. So I did not necessarily have a process for building the team. I just had to go. I had to move quickly. <laughs> and are you still shipping out of your living room? I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. so that means there's now a warehouse involved or is yes. it drop shipping going on? Okay, okay. So there's so we have a space that we ship out of um, that we moved into a couple of months ago and we're actually working on expanding again because even in our current space, you know, with the demand, you know, things move pretty quickly. So we, we need to get more space to be able to hold more inventory. 
at this oh, wow, wow. Look at the growth yes. rates. And I also notice, um, I'm sure as this is all happening, you are also learning more about your product itself, what works, what doesn't work. I noticed on your site, you have an update to the sizing chart. So what kind of things did you learn as you've moved forward? I, I always try to pay attention to the customers. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm serving the customers, the doctors, the nurses, the people that are wearing my scrubs. And um, just in paying attention to, you know, what what was the reason that people needed to return things or exchange things or what was their biggest concern about the scrubs or the biggest complaint that we found. Um, and based on that data and just kind of collecting that information, we, you know, I made a decision that we needed to change the sizing. We needed to update the sizing to make sure that we are able to make our customers, you know, feel very comfortable in what they're wearing and um, feel confident in what they're ordering and just for them to have a better shopping experience with the scrubs overall and as a whole. So um, there's been other little things like that, you know, just working on customer service because I, I believe that customer service is huge, you know, and changing the method in which we were doing things with that. But that's still evolving. So I think just as we went along and as things grew, we had to continue to pay attention to what was going on and what people were saying. And based on that, we needed to adjust. So um, those things are still happening till today. <laughs> of course, of course. And speaking of adjusting, you started out juggling your full-time job and this burgeoning side hustle. How is that going? <laughs> are you still well, doing juggle? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, there wasn't much juggling going on anymore. So, <laughs> so right now I'm full-time working as an entrepreneur. I am no longer currently working as a nurse practitioner. I decided to, you know, after seeing so much growth and after realizing that my business needed me a lot more and the demand was way higher, I decided it was time to transition from the side hustle and make it wow. my full-time career. What went into making that decision? I mean, going from being a nurse in a time that everything seems so unstable. Nothing seems promised. And I'm just so impressed by people who decide, now is the time to quit my job. <laughs> During a yeah, pandemic, I, like what, what calculations did you have to make to say to yourself, you know what, this business will sustain me and I can make this move. And you know, I think that that is something that you cannot be 100% sure of per se. There was definitely the fear of losing the stability and the stable paycheck, you know, from my nine to five job, from a very fulfilling career. And I, you know, I just kind of noticed how things were growing. And I realized based on statistics and just based on what was going on with the business, that if I were to dedicate more time and, and put more energy into it, I could do even more than what I was doing at the time. And I wasn't sure for a while. I thought about it and I talked to my friends and I talked to my family and, you know, people are like, no, you can't do that. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Just don't do it. And I just, I prayed on it and I took a while and I thought about it and I looked at the facts. You know, I looked at the business. I looked at what was going on with the business and I looked at the statistics and I just kind of looked at what the market looked like. And, and I felt that it was the, the best decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Well, congratulations. Not everyone makes money in their side hustle when they first start out in their business. What was your experience with making your investments and then getting sales? Were you making money coming out? Were you profitable? Were you having to invest it right back so you weren't really profitable? How has it been for you? So thankfully, you know, and it's phenomenal, but business has been profitable from day one. I think initially, you know, of course I did reinvest the money that was made from the business, you know, into getting more inventory and ordering, you know, bigger amounts of inventory. But from day one, business was profitable. So that was phenomenal. But with growth, of course, you know, um, overhead costs begins to increase and right. those Hiring are things that costs. I have to be of. Exactly. You mm-hmm. have to hire, you have to get space, you have to do certain things. So, you know, those things change the dynamics. So those were things that I had to be mindful of and think about and things that might have caused me to change the way that I was doing certain things in business. But yeah, business has been profitable and we've just been, you know, reinvesting as much as we can back into the business. Love it. So moving forward, how do you ensure that your business will continue to grow and that your brand awareness will continue to grow and that you'll have repeat customers? So I believe that it's paying attention to the customers, paying attention to the Dope Scrubs family is so important. I prioritize, you know, listening to what our loyal customers say. And I, I try to make sure that we are we are very we're focused on, you know, our loyal customers while also trying to build and acquire new customers. But I think that sometimes with growth, older loyal customers can be kind of put to the side, but I think that paying attention to what they're saying, paying attention to the feedback that we receive on our items, on on the quality, on designs, on fit, on just how it helps them feel better at work or how they feel when they wear the scrubs. Paying attention to those things, I think, are key in maintaining the business and also in growing the business. I think that listening and paying attention is huge to maintain and to get new customers and marketing. Of course, I think it's huge too. <laughs> I think that marketing is a major, major piece um, and the right kind of marketing. I think just kind of piggybacking off of what I previously said, knowing who you are trying to reach, knowing the people that you are trying to get to knowing your market is important because then you can, you can market to them in the right way and get them to at least give your product a shot. Before we jump into the lightning round, I would love to know what is next for Dope Scrubs? I think right now the biggest thing is, you know, keeping up with the demand. Um, We're working on building the team. So, you know, um, trying to build a marketing team, build a strategizing team, you know, things of that nature, just um, building the team and making sure that we have the right team. I think that some other things that we're working on is, I mean, we have other things that we're, that we plan to work on. However, I think the biggest thing right now is expanding. You know, we got to get more space in order to be able to hold more inventory in order to meet the demand. And we got to build the team because with the right team, I think that, you know, sky's the limit. 
so now we are going to jump into the lightning round and you know the deal you just answer the very first thing that comes to mind are you ready okay 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 i'm ready (laughs) okay so number one what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the side hustle pro audience so for me i think for a quick little task that I needed completed, there's an app called TaskRabbit. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Oh, yeah. You can find almost anything or anyone, you know, to kind of complete anything for you in a sense. So when I just needed, just because growth and things were happening so quickly, I feel like for me with business, I just kind of needed little tasks. So I would use that app. And then um, there's an app or another system that I've used called Fiverr just to kind of um, get help with certain projects and things of that nature. Number two, who is an entrepreneur that you admire and why? I don't think there's an entrepreneur, honestly, that I don't admire. I know that I didn't like put like, you know, I can't give a direct name. And that's because coming into entrepreneurship, I realized that it is not for the weak. It requires a lot from you. And I think that every entrepreneur so far that I've seen, I don't think there's anyone that I don't look up to. Okay, we could take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different. This is brand new for me, okay? I don't know where, you know, it, it requires a different kind of spirit. <laughs> yes. Um, number three, what is a non-negotiable part of your daily routine? Non-negotiable prayer. Non-negotiable. Number four, what is a personal habit or trait that you think significantly helped you in building your business? I think resilience. I think for me, I don't take no as an answer, (laughs) per se. Um, And I think that that's something that's been very helpful for me to build the business because, you know, I think that anything that gets in your way is just something that that's temporary. and, And as long as you don't take no for an answer, you don't, you know, take that as final you just kind of move on to the next thing and and you can continue to build from there. And finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow Black women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing that steady paycheck? Once you find your your thing, you know, and your, your quote-unquote thing, and I think that to me that thing is more than just about making money. It's something that you're, you're going to do or that you are passionate about when you're doing. Um, I think that once you find that thing and you, and you start it wherever you are, I think without looking for perfection, because I think a lot of times you can see another business or another person doing something and and you kind of want to strive for perfection or something. I think once you figure out what your thing is and you, and you decide to do it, I think, everything else will fall into place. And, and the stability of the nine to five job, you'll know when, when it's time to kind of, to focus on your business and to, and to take the next step and to leave it. So I think it's just, it's just finding the right thing. All right. Well, 
it has been so awesome having you here, sharing your story with us, had some nice laughs. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. So <laughs> glad you. to have gotten this opportunity to speak to you. Yes. And to and share I, my story. And yeah, to see the woman behind <laughs> the brand, guys, you have to go check this out. I mean, the, the scrubs are like so classy. They look functional and fashionable, just what you were talking about. And I mean, I would wear this, <laughs> but I'm not a medical professional. Look, everybody can wear them. Like, get you, we got to get you some joggers. Okay, I would wear these any day, okay? So um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Where can people connect with you and Dope Scrubs after this episode? People can connect with us on the Dope Scrubs Instagram page at Dope Scrubs. My personal page is at Rx of Style and our Facebook page, um, Dope Scrubs FB. I think it's facebook.com slash Dope Scrubs FB. All right. And we will link to all of that, guys. So you can just go ahead and look at it in the show notes and to see more of all the links and resources that Aniola shared, just go over to sidehustlepro.co slash dope scrubs. All right. And there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you'll receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.